Hey friends, it's Coley. Welcome to another episode of Still With You. It is always so much fun spending time together each week. And today on the show, I am hanging out with a friend and returning guest. You and I love and adore the kid himself, Arthur Rocker. Arthur is a singer, songwriter, dancer, actor, comedian, and now an up-and-coming podcast host, which is what we are going to be talking about on today's episode. In March 2021, Arthur and his astounding co-host, Lindsay, Cross released Uncultured Misfits, a podcast uniquely blending pop culture education and opinion journalism. Since Uncultured Misfits' inception, I've had the opportunity of working alongside Arthur and Lindsay as the show's editor and producer. You know how much I love creative audio projects. The partnership was an easy yes. And today on the show, I am honored to be hanging out with these influential friends. In my conversation with Arthur and Lindsay, they uncover the behind the scenes of how Uncultured Misfits Misfits came to be. We also spill a round of hot topics debating Taylor Swift albums, our favorite shows in the teen drama genre, and discuss if rapper Lil Bow Wow really has discovered the fountain of youth. All of this and more is coming your way. It is still my favorite goal to make all of my friends fans of the kid himself, Arthur Rocker. And now it is a joy adding the hilarious and intelligent Lindsay Cross to this list. I have been so excited to share this conversation Friends, please put your hands together as I welcome Distill With You, podcast hosts of Uncultured Misfits, Arthur Rocker, and Lindsay Cross. Can we even call it an official Still With You season without an appearance from Arthur Rocker? Can it even exist? It can't. Welcome back. Thank you for having me. (laughs) And I love it because not only do we have you, but we have the fantastic Lindsay Cross. Yes. Clap in the studio. Oh, shucks. Who am I? You know? I'm so excited. Okay, tell me, Arthur, little catch up because our friends know you uh-huh. and they're going to get to know and love Lindsay. You're in Orlando still. Can you give yes. me a little life catch yes. up right now? Life is good. Back at Disney, at SeaWorld, living mm-hmm. my best life, performing. Because last time we did an interview, I was going through it. I think we both were. Yeah. It was like the middle of 2020 mm-hmm. in that conversation that was the first time like I'd shared that I'd started counseling like I think we both publicly were like we're in counseling yeah well we both did that episode really is sacred to me that that conversation really is so you're still at Disney tell me like a little bit of what you're doing at Disney I am DJing a show in Hollywood Studios called the Disney Junior Play and Dance yes you are and it's for like little kids but I love it because you know I'm trying to be Mr. Rogers out here you are yeah I'm trying to be Steve from Blue clues yes yes so yeah that's awesome at sea world a little bit of everything you know no i don't know what is a little bit of everything <laughs> we want to know well some christmas shows are coming up i can't say too much but mm-hmm. dancing a little bit of acting a little bit of reading stories to the kiddos yeah a lot of stuff with our friends on sesame street that's so exciting this is what year working at disney what year for you if we count the yeah the first college program then it is three disney orlando do you love it still do you feel like you're still in the right where you're supposed to be yes but i think the pandemic was good because it did allow me to branch out yeah. into other things mm-hmm. because my main focus was always disney like i got gotta be at Disney. I gotta be at Disney. And then when I couldn't be at Disney, I had to find a way to perform somewhere else. And now you're a podcast host. Thanks to you. I'm trying to be like (laughs) you, still with you. Listen, I was on the Spotify podcast charts. It said Joe Rogan, number one, Dak Shepard, number two, still with you, number three. You're number three on the podcast. 
Yep, she's number three in the whole wide world. Holy, the whole wide world. Y'all heard it here first, people. Just yeah, you know, me and me and armchair experts. Uh huh. We are literally rubbing elbows. (laughs) You're tied right there. Uh, (laughs) I love it. I want to talk about uncultured misfits, but we cannot talk about uncultured misfits Mm -hmm. without hearing from Lindsay. I know you're from Maine, which to me it's insane that you are from the other part of the country. Have you ever been to the Northeast before? No. So when my family would vacation, we'd go Oregon, Washington, Montana. You went to the other side on the West side. Yeah. So like, I just, I think I always think it's so interesting when people make moves that are so far from what they know. Yeah. So I'm from Maine the highest rightest corner of the United States. I grew up in Maine and Bangor, which is small town in the middle of Maine. I grew up obsessed with Disney. Mm-hmm. I was a Disney kid. Everyone in school know me as the Disney kid. That was my brand. <laughs> so I had big dreams of working at Disney. I was like, I don't care how or why or doing what I want to work at Disney. But when I was in middle school, is when I realized I want to perform for Disney. Mm -hmm. And it's funny because a lot of the people who come down to do that have theater backgrounds and dance backgrounds. And when you say come down, that means Orlando. Come down to Orlando, yes. So they come down to Central Florida to perform for Disney, which is like a big deal for people in the arts. But for me, I was just like, I just like Disney. And this seems like something I could do. So when I was 19, I auditioned. I made it all the way through. I was in college at the time. They offered me full time two weeks after the audition. And I was so willing to pack up my whole life and move. As soon as they gave me the job, I'm like, goodbye school. Goodbye, everybody. I'm out of here. And my parents helped me move down to Florida. And that was six years ago. And I've been here ever since working at Disney. When you moved and started working, the anticipation and the hopes and dreams that you carried, did it live up to it? Or it was so unknown that you almost had to break before you could enjoy it? (laughs) That's a good question. (laughs) That is a great question. I think I was a little more realistic than sometimes people are coming into the Disney bubble because it is easy to come in with these expectations of like being a cast member and working for Disney and like every day is great and it's amazing. And I knew I was getting into a job. So like there was going to be an aspect of it that's like, Uh Maybe this won't be the same on the other side. I struggled a lot the first three years Mm -hmm. I started. It definitely was very fun, but it was very different than I thought. And the way I could move up and throughout entertainment was a lot harder than I expected. It kind of crushed my spirit for a little bit when I was trying to kind of like grow within the department. That was probably the biggest reality check for me. And that's when I was like, this is not exactly what I thought, but I feel like I was able to come full circle with that. And I appreciate it now in a whole new way. I feel worse about Disney in some sense, but I love it in a whole new way. I like the relationship and I'm proud of the way I've adapted how I feel about Disney to what's happening right now. Still feel okay. But Coley, don't get it twisted. (laughs) And all the people listening, (laughs) Lindsay can sing. She's very funny. She can dance. I can sing. I can't sing. You can Mm -hmm. sing. Haven't you dabbled in voice acting? Maybe I made that up. Not that I can remember. I don't think so. I've made up in my head that you should be doing some of that. (laughs) See? Oh, I love it. I'll be taking career suggestions. I dabble in everything. So I'm sometimes I'm like, I need a direction to go. Where did you start in Disney? I know sometimes that's awkward asking questions because you guys aren't always allowed to reveal I've learned like you can't always reveal everything but like can you at least what you're permitted to share could you where did you start where are you now in in your field in your craft in my craft oh gosh (laughs) being as vague as I can because obviously can't say a lot but I'm in the character department performing in the character department and that's about all I can say I kind of moved around got new opportunities Mm -hmm. got some show opportunities and then currently I am still furloughed 
from Disney due to the COVID-19 pandemic. Ah, um, and yeah. we are having a hard time getting the entertainment back up. So in the meantime, I have gotten another job at Magic Kingdom doing retail. Yeah. I kind of moved around in my years there. And now it's just waiting to return to my job, which will hopefully be soon. The perseverance. Y'all just don't give up. Every time I like see what y'all share, how you guys are just day in, day out, honestly serving people. Because I mean, mm-hmm. I see it on the other end where I see families who are like, we're going two weeks, so excited, you know, and then they show up with all their hopes and dreams and expectations and they live off the high for a full year until they can do it again, unless they got the pass and they're in Florida and they can do it many times, but right. Right. that's beautiful. Yeah. That's a beautiful way to put it though. I feel like that is what guests do. Yeah. I just, I'm really grateful for the work that you do. How did you guys meet? Is Disney the connection? Let me say when we met. Yes. Because I remember when we met. Because the meeting and then the the authentic friendship came. Ooh, yeah. Okay. It came at a later date. Yes. So Lindsay has been at Disney for a minute. She's a seasoned performer. And I was coming in new. Is there like seniority? Like, did you look down on Arthur because he was new? Yes. No. The, yes. People do. Pe- she didn't though. Do. But I personally tried my hardest to not do that. When I came in, I felt very afraid of all the people with seniority because they were very scary and they were very judgmental. So my goal was always to be like, I will be as inviting and welcoming as possible so people don't think this is a scary place to be. I was new to performing at Disney, was in Epcot, in the break room in Epcot. <laughs> Lindsay was always there. And I can't tell you why, but there was a reason why she was always there. She had her laptop all the time. And I used to always see her. And I thought this was like her office. So it's like, you're either working for Disney or the CIA. Right, yeah. exactly. No one knew, but people started to recognize me. They're like, wow, you always gotcha. sit at this little table. For yeah. Me, don't you? And I'm like, yes, I do. Check in if you need me. But I got business. <laughs> and then finally, we did something where we were together. Yeah like a role where we were together. And so we were around each other a lot. Mm -hmm. We knew of each other. And we would say like, hey. I feel like we hit it off immediately. Did we? we? I mean. No, am I wrong? We talked about like the weather. I mean. Like Disney. I feel like I'm thinking, wow. Because like you get a slew of people coming in who are newer, who... I imagine, yeah. Yeah, there are all sorts of different types of excited, not excited. And Arthur was, you were fabulous. You were funny. You were great. Oh, you were you. like a normal person amongst the chaos. So yeah. I knew I was like, okay, <laughs> you can stay. You can stay in this Epcot area. She was there for a minute. She was like the OG mm-hmm. of Epcot. Like everybody knew who Lindsay was. So that's how you met. When did the authenticity form? During the pandemic, actually. Yeah. Y'all like hang out outside of work? Yeah, probably when everything first opened back up in Orlando. We went to Miller's. Yeah. Well, you had, we had messaged on Instagram. Like we kept in contact on Instagram, like following each other and seeing stuff. We had gotten friendly enough at the end, right before we shut down that we were like, oh, you know, like we can comment on each other's Instagrams. Yeah. We're to that level. And yeah. And then... IG official. Yeah. And it was just like, at some point we got to get together. And then I think you were like, let's go get alehouse. Yeah. We went to an alehouse and that was the beginning of the end. And we sat there forever talking. Really? Okay. Did like, was it just you two or did like Carmen come along? And I always forget your boyfriend's name, Lindsay. I'm so sorry. No, Tucker. Yeah, I know that because I know that you all open Pokemon cards together. That's like yes, when he was do. featured in the episode. <laughs> yes, yes, we went 
through a we went through a reawakening of Pokemon. Yes, yes, and Tucker. That's right. So, like, was it like all four of y'all, or just no. y'all hanging out? It was just me and Arthur. Carmen wasn't. Carmen was still in Auburn, I think, because she was still in school. Oh, that's right. Yeah, and me and Tucker. It was when we were just kind of starting to date, and at the beginning of it. But it was mostly just like we haven't seen yeah. each other in a while. Let's just catch up. And we definitely weren't hanging out with anybody back then because everybody was gone that we were friends with. Right. Basically, but we started talking about just our goals. You were talking about acting and things you wanted to do. And then it was like, hmm. Then I called her one night after that. And I said, we should do a podcast. Here's where I want all the details about everything. I, I don't know why I called you. I I, th- I know I was watching something. I don't know what I was. Probably Mr. Rogers. Mr. Rogers inspires me for everything I do. <laughs> Can I tell you a brief Mr. Rogers story? Yes. The school that I work at, our assistant principal wears a red sweater. And I walked into his office the other day and he wasn't there. And the red sweater was hanging on the back of the chair. And I got full chills. <laughs> I was like, oh, oh my God. <laughs> I felt the presence of Mr. Rogers. <laughs> He's here. His- presence is here oh i love that though continue go back to uncultured misfits i want to hear (laughs) well i just said that i think we should start a podcast and she was like yeah i'd always wanted to do that because i'm like i like the format of a podcast i like that it's like just audio no visuals (laughs) (laughs) no visuals to keep up with i felt like we talked so much at alehouse there i was like someone should be recording this so Uh it was was perfect so it happened that naturally yeah because i was going to ask you arthur and you have you thought of that outside of that conversation but apparently you both had you both wanted something in the podcast field right I think I thought of Lindsay as well because I always knew if I did like a podcast I would have to have somebody like Lindsay (laughs) when you say like Lindsay do you mean personality or do you also mean female because I find that aspect interesting as well Uh, as like a co-host probably both because personality wise Lindsay will research something and it will become her life Lindsay do not roll your eyes I know much more about Lord than I've ever (gasps) okay I have Okay, you're right. I do have my specialties, but and sometimes I roll in unprepared and, well, I, and I hope for the best, but it still works out. I feel educated after listening to you on many things. Oh, good. That's all that matters. I don't know if I'm like saying nonsense, but you all, but when I listen to it, I don't know if it's your editing, you kill it. Cause I'm always like, Oh, a coherent thought from my brain. <laughs> it's not the editing. You can't fabricate those things. How did you reach uncultured misfit? Why that specific genre like how would you describe it did we get together and think about like what we wanted to do yeah we thought about like because i think originally i was mad like just at the world and i wanted a platform to spiel then we talked about it and i said i think we talked about like just pop culture yeah we we were like what are things that we can do a broad range of subjects and still do something that we both are into i think us talking about like nickelodeon and 90s nostalgia was like that's how it started. That's kind of how it started. And it was like, how can we do this and still have a theme to the podcast so it's not just all over the map, but we can kind of do the things we like. And we like pop culture. Lindsay knows everything about pop culture. Oh, you both do. Yeah, yeah. I'm like you. Well, not like you. You got your ear in the streets. I do got my ear in the streets, though. Oh, you do have your ear in the streets. Mm-hmm. You guys do a very good job sharing pop culture. You share it in a way that's personal so that it invites other people to arrive with their own narrative regarding the subject. You've mentioned various topics like Nickelodeon. And every time I listen, I not only take in what you are saying, but I also am having a moment where I can have 
a reflective time about pop culture. And I'm like, why is it so important? But it's so important. I'm so glad you received that. Yeah. It's, I feel like it's one thing to listen to people talk about like something that's like, okay, like you have to be kind of entertaining if you're going to talk about this. But I, I want to get people thinking. Yeah. You yeah. Know? We want to get the people thinking and, to, in their own relationship to it. And that's it. That's it. We're kind of sharing ours and we want people to think about theirs rather than just its role in society, but also like how it affected us personally. And I remember when we were talking about like the format, we talked about the wrap up because we were like, we have to end it on like a positive way. Yeah. Like something they have to think about Uh or we should think about. Think, Lindsay, you said it like it's like I have a relationship with the topic. Right. Even though like I wasn't expected to think about it. And then all of a sudden, like I remember it and it has sometimes to be honest, like sometimes it has these weird childhood memories attached or it brings joy. It's right. I think you just said it like it's our own relationship to the ideas of pop culture. I think sometimes pop culture can get I mean for obvious reasons and does get a bad rap and for reasons that it should get a bad rap but then there's those moments where I'm like it's such a unifier Mm. it is that like we can all show up to iCarly yeah and have totally different experiences in our own memories but still hold them together like how is that kind of shaped how you hold memories or even like present pop culture I got a good story for that so the theme park episode Lindsay rants about theme parks yes I think it was the part one episode we were talking about this VHS Disneyland had and we both had the VHS and we didn't know that but and we started talking about it like I used to watch this VHS when I was little and I thought Disney World was really like this and then Lindsay was like what I really thought that too we just kept going back and forth and it was crazy that we both had had the same experience as a kid from just a VHS. That particular moment was funny because that VHS of the Disneyland sing-along songs video, not to be dramatic, but like in so impactful for me as a person because I saw it so young. I couldn't have, because I, I can remember it was in a house where I didn't live in there past four years old. So I can remember being in this house and I must have been like two, three, four years mm-hmm. old, just recreating Disney World in my house. Here I am now and here Arthur is now. And I feel like it was like, like that VHS had me thinking about Disney. Like when I think about it, I'm like, like I thought Disney was the meaning of life and we came full circle. Yeah, it really was full circle. I think it was, didn't you have like a similar memory even within the video? You had watched the beginning where they have all the characters opening up for uh-huh. the day, cleaning up the shop. Arthur was thinking as a kid, oh my gosh, if I get to Disney early enough, I can yeah. see the characters <laughs> singing and cleaning the shop. Oh, that's right. Yes. And I thought, oh, if I go to Disney, I can see the characters like on Dumbo. Like I'll be riding on with Snow White. So we both had this like weird expectation going into Disney. Yeah. In that video, there was a part where Winnie the Pooh was like Mm -hmm. serving people food. (laughs) And we thought as kids, oh, yeah, that's what happens at Disney. Like Mickey makes the food and he serves it to you. Or Winnie the Pooh serves the food to you. And we were like, dang, we both thought of that. I didn't imagine anyone else had that same idea watching it. But it was was crazy that we both had gone through that same experience with that VHS. As someone who's been able to help with this project, it's crazy too how you dip into being kind of deep. Like Lindsay, I just, I hope you don't mind me sharing, but I will never forget in you all sharing about 2020, how you were just so candid about sharing about your dad's health, having questions about death and I was just like bawling listening to that Mm -hmm. this girl's just being so brave just sharing I think it's so interesting when pop culture and also the more weighty stuff in life collide and you guys 
do that, but it never feels forced at all. You're so sweet. I love that. I love doing this because I love when we're just like talking and happen to be recording. And like, that's kind of like, we have a plan going into it, but it's mostly nice because it's like, we just end up on some sort of tangent or somewhere. It's therapeutic for me. I like it. And it's nice to know, like, I mean, if someone could listen to it and be like, same. I mean, like (laughs) Our Arthur and I like have talked and stuff. So I'm still kind of like getting to know you and your voice. But something I so admire about you is that I feel like you are not afraid to take the hot take. There's been certain conversations and this is why everyone needs to go listen because I cannot regurgitate all of the (laughs) stuff that y'all shared. But I'm saying like there's certain things that you've challenged that have become like certain norms and you're just like, well, why does it have to be that way? And I'm like, yeah, why does it have to be that way? And I I love that. I think that's so great. Sorry, I'm just praising y'all up. No, no you're so we, sweet. We love you, yeah. <laughs> and it's just like confirmation that like the point is getting across, you know? Because like whenever you're creating something, it's hard not to be hard on yourself. Yeah. Especially personally. Yeah. For me, I've always been very much like, I'm annoying. I'm loud. I like speak too much I say too much and so in this context I'm always like did anything I say make sense but every time I listen and thanks to Coley shout out to Coley I mean like the production of it is truly like I can't believe I am on a show that sounds as good as it does well again like you can't fabricate okay so you guys are what like 15 episodes in before we get into because I'm gonna throw some pop culture at you I definitely want to hear some of your all's thoughts and stuff oh yeah (laughs) (laughs) but is there anything Thing that you guys are excited for within like just some upcoming episodes or like any general news like team meeting what's up you know what I am excited because this happens more with Lindsay because Lindsay has fans what does Lindsay have fans mean yeah what does that mean I would like to people know too. people will DM text you you'll go back home and they'll say oh I listened to the episode of blah 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 I can't wait to hear yeah about- surprised at like the people who I know who reach out to me and they're like I listen to your podcast because I'm proud of it I I try to be more proud than I am like awkward and embarrassed when I have to like be like I do a podcast and like I don't know what people think if they like why is she doing this who said she could have a podcast and be okay people message me and they're just like I love it but I'm like I feel like the people love Arthur Rocker that's why no (laughs) what I was trying to say is I'm trying to think of a good example what did Jesse say oh is Jesse a fan Jesse's a Fan. Shout out Jesse. Shout, Shout out to Jesse. Jesse, he is my best friend's boyfriend back home. They both listen to it together, which is very sweet, and I love it. He loves the kid himself, Arthur Rocker. Uh-huh. Like, he's just like, who is this? I love him. And he's Arthur's biggest fan. So now we're trying to shout him out because like he loves it. You told me something about one episode, and he was like, Oh, remember when y'all talked about blah blah blah? That was so cool. And you said, Oh, I didn't know. It was a small thing. I don't know. Never mind. <laughs> Next question. I get moments like that before too, where I'm like, oh, I forgot that I said that. Right. And it makes me nervous. I'm like, what else did I say? Because yeah. Right. Yeah. I'm so scared of being misunderstood. And I'm, to be honest, I'm so scared of getting canceled. Oh, that's Holy. us. That's us. Yes. 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 For ignorance, because my heart will be in the right place. And I didn't know. Right what I should have said or should have, how I should have handled. So yeah, y'all have thought about that too. Oh, all oh, the time. <laughs> that, that's definitely the scariest part in the, my only hesitation going into this was like, oh my, what I just say all sorts of random stuff, thought to mouth, mm-hmm. like no filter sometimes. And it's just like, might be trying to explain something and end up butchering it or saying the wrong thing. And it's scary. And especially it's more scary for the people I know to hear me in this new kind of context where they're like, oh, like you're going to be like on there saying what? Like you're not like 
like this in real life. And like, you know, that part is what really scared me. Me too. The 2021 and the Taylor Swift one, that really scared me going into it. We had things we wanted to talk about specifically with those episodes. And those topics were really, really big stuff. I don't want people to get mad at me for what I'm saying. I'm trying to learn with y'all, but. Right. Do you want to go ahead and dive into my opinion about the uh, Taylor Swift? I have a little thing I'd like to submit for y'all about Taylor Swift, oh. Taylor Allison Swift. Yes, yeah. would love to hear it. I feel like you all have undersold the Speak Now album. I would like you all to speak more about it on air. I have loved that album from the beginning. I wouldn't even say it's my favorite, but I... What's your favorite? 1989. Good. Okay. Good. But that also has some really good songs and so I'm so confused yeah. of why that did not have a more elevated platform on the T-Swift episode. I t- respect this opinion so much. And this is my fault because I'm like, I should have brought up Speak Now, but Speak Now, that was probably the first Taylor Swift album I listened to f- cover to cover, listened to on repeat. Fearless, I listened to a little bit, but Speak Now was the era. We're going to have to r- circle back around to that because I think you're right. Yes. And when the re-release comes out for Speak Now. Yes. To name a few for our friends, like Back to December, Spark Fly, Enchanted, Long Live, Never Grow Up. Every time. Story of Us, Better Than Revenge. Nothing but bops. Listen, I stand by my opinion from the Taylor (laughs) Swift episode. Fearless, 1989, best Taylor Swift albums ever. Okay. I change my mind every day. (laughs) My Taylor Swift ranking, because they're all so great, I just like the rankings just move around. I think you're right Mm -hmm. because I don't think we gave Speak Now the platform it deserved within that episode because I do think that's one of her best albums. And as far as I know, I think that is the first album where she is the sole, sole songwriter credited on that album she had no one help oh i didn't know that that is kind of cool yeah i've loved taylor since she did like cma stuff cmt on award shows you know country music i will never forget her and i believe that was when she was already like dabbling in pop like coming back on a cma award show in front of all of her country people with all of these accolades and like just sitting on a couch and playing ours for this is kind of my pitch for the album too is like that moment i think shook a lot of country music as well because if you look where it's at now there's so much like pop spillover yeah and r&b country and i feel like it's little moments that she and many other artists did to move country forward which i know that's a touchy subject for some people because they're like that's not country but i'm all for the expansion that's beautiful i think no that's a very good point point. i'm really glad you brought that up thank you so much chef's kiss this is no specific order but you all did an Mm -hmm. episode on boy bands i'm not going to pretend like i am like an absolute like mega fan but i will say submitting my complaint I feel like five seconds of summer should have been mentioned and I don't think it was wait wait listen listen y'all because this we talked about this Because Lindsay said the same thing about the Jonas Brothers. Like, why are we talking about the Jonas Brothers? But we do not count boys who play instruments as boy bands. That's right. I forgot about that. Mm -hmm. But Five Seconds of Summer, would they're good. I like Five Seconds of Summer maybe more than I like Jonas Brothers. I think I like Five Seconds of Summer even more as an adult than I did as a kid. And I don't know why, but there's some of their songs. Like, if you listen to Amnesia, like as a full grown adult, doesn't hit the same as high school at all. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I, I only heard 
heard their hits. I liked what I heard though, but I knew people who loved One Direction also seemed to love Five Seconds yeah. of Summer. Uh-huh. There, yeah. there seemed to be a crossover there. See, I didn't like One Direction. They were like younger than me. Yeah, the train had left. Since we're going to talk about boy bands, of course, I know you all love NSYNC. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. You like Backstreet Boys though, right? I, yeah, I think growing up, I, I liked, I watched more Backstreet Boys stuff. I had an NSYNC board game. Oh, uh, the NSYNC I had the NSYNC game. backstage pass. <laughs> also dipping into 90s nostalgia, I had a Uno set that was all in sync. Like it had their faces on it. It was an Uno card set with their faces. <laughs> yes. No strings attached. Their faces from that album. It was the best. That's amazing. Arthur, I think I said it to you how I had, I list, I watched a VHS of like in sync at Madison Square Garden. Uh-huh. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> I watched that until it's in shre- shreds. But anyway, I, <laughs> oh, I found it that it's on YouTube like fully. So someone digitized it for me. I'm so grateful. I hope you went on a beautiful journey reminiscing on that. <laughs> I did. I watched it and that one held out. Oh, yeah. No kidding. Uh-huh. Okay. There's something that y'all have shared that I really have just been circling in my brain. I believe it was in like the Disney showdown. You talked about this. You mentioned that there are shows and movies as kids that we watched, we knew they scared us, but we watched them anyway. Oh, yes. I have lived a thousand lives doing that, but I never could verbalize like that's what I was doing. You know, you feel a certain feeling that you never like really bring to your conscious mind. And then suddenly someone says it and it's just like, I can't go back. It's funny because I would like to know psychologically why we do that. I haven't really looked into it as much as we should, but it's just like, it's funny how we all kind of did that. What are some movies that you can think off the top of your head? Oh, I was just talking about this last night with Carmen because we drove by. What are those things when it's like a farm? And it's like a big tower. Mill? Uh, silo? Silo. In Orlando? <laughs> yeah. I'm like, oh, we were you? we were in the country. We were going to a haunted house. Okay. We went to this okay. place called Screamageddon. Okay. But oh. <laughs> <laughs> it was dark. No lights anywhere. And we yes. both said, this reminds us of Courage of the Cowardly Dog. Yeah. And Carmen was saying that she wasn't allowed to watch it because it was scary. But every now and then she would sneak and watch it. She uh-huh. hated it, though. Mm-hmm. But she still would find a way to watch it. Yeah. And she said, like, all those villains are ingrained in her memory. Uh-huh. And I'm like, that's the same with me. Like, I hated that show, but I watched it all the time. Yeah, I never even watched it. Lindsay, what's yours? I talked about it in that episode, but this, I can't really think of anything else that affected me like this, but I had this VHS of Sesame Street and there was a Bert and Ernie episode where they go to this museum. The setting is dark. There's like this giant Egyptian statue sitting there. Every time Bert would leave, Ernie was by himself and the statue would come to life and like talk to him and it scared Ernie so much. He's like, get away from me. What is this? Eventually he like befriends the statue and Mm -hmm. that scared me so bad. The setting scared me. The statue scared me. But every single time it was at my grandma's house, every single time I would go over, I would be like, put that in right now. (laughs) Right, right. It's so strange. Yeah, because I can remember the fear I felt. I could not stop Mm -hmm. watching it. You know what I thought you were going to say? Smart house. Smart House was scary, but I liked that more than I was afraid of it. Oh. Have you all watched The Great Mouse Detective? Yes. Yes. That's the scary one. That was mine. There's a kidnapping, a bat with one leg that's really flighty. (sighs) The bell tower scene where the mouse like ripping, it it terrifies even thinking about it. But I like, I watched that so many times. And then the animation is spooky. Mm -hmm. Yes. That was my movie. As an adult, I'm like, why? That was torture. 
I know it's it's weird that we would actively be like, I know I don't like this, but it might I be have to watch it. It's got to be an adrenaline thing. It yeah, has, yeah, that's what I was gonna say. It might be just like riding a roller coaster. Yeah, probably. Yeah, yeah actually, yeah, we, it probably is because uh, like people love horror and lo- like I love horror now. I hated it as a kid so much i couldn't do anything scary i was not interested and now i'm obsessed uh-huh. so i guess it's that fear okay speaking of roller coasters do you guys talk about um theme parks and this may be a touchy subject you may not be able to answer at all but i have heard from so many people club 33 yeah. have you guys seen it like do you all know where it is funny you bring this up because i was just talking to someone at work about this the other day it is a girl who's on the wait list she's on the wait list okay for our friends listening you have to Google it. Too much information. Just Google Club 33. I would love for y'all to devote an episode to it. Yeah, we should do an episode should. on that. Yeah, That is a good idea. People are so curious, like especially me with friends right. who are in the park. There's one at Adventureland at Magic Kingdom. You can see the outsides of them, but I've never seen them. Cast members are pretty much like no opportunities to go in and see it, even though that would be a cool exclusive opportunity to at least like tour the building. Uh-huh. But as far as I know, it's literally just members only. And you can bring, I think, a couple of guests. Talk to a couple people who have been in there but otherwise like it is as much of a mystery to us as it is Mm -hmm. to everyone else you have to be really rich you have to either wait 14 years or inherit the membership do you ever see people entering in and out of the door no no i've I've never never seen anyone go in or out of that door which is the weirdest part and the one at disneyland people say that too that literally gives me chills thinking about it because i've watched videos of what it looks like on the inside it's not up dated at all which makes it kind of weird i mean it is because i mean they have electricity and running water but it feels so almost like what i've seen different pieces in like the titanic with pictures isn't that weird is that weird to say is that a good connection it's like history from that time period whenever they built it which was like what in disneyland it was like the 50s yeah it's just like it froze it's like time froze in that place it's kind of eerie yeah it, it definitely i agree i think it gives a very eerie feeling and i feel very fascinated by it too it seems like fun but it also has this spooky mm-hmm. feeling to it and to think about like all the people over the last like 50 or 60 years coming in and out of that place you can only wonder like what has gone by I just want y'all to do an episode, especially from yeah. y'all's perspective. I think we yeah, should. Yeah, that's, that's, that's a really research. good idea. Yeah. yeah. Speaking of like frozen time, you guys are absolutely the best advocates for the 90s era. That could be a whole podcast in its own of the 90s nostalgia chills. I have three little things that are like some of my big 90s things. And I don't know if you guys have talked about them on air. One of my favorite uh-huh. 90s things is the stick on earrings. <gasps> I forgot about those. Did y'all partake? <laughs> they would come on the sheet. Oh, the mega pack. You could get fancy if you wanted to like jewel up. Oh, I definitely did. Because they came in like the little gems that were different shapes wait what is this is it like bedazzle stuff kind of close but it's like peel and stick and it's it's if you for didn't have your ears pierced but you could put like a purple jewel or like a pink but it, it, it's just different colors yeah they were literally like stickers that were like at the size of an earring and you could get them in giant sheets they were literally a sticker like literally a sticker but it was kind of like three-dimensional so it looked like an earring gem but then you could just stick them on your lobes and you'd feel so cool like i got my ears here Oh, yeah. Oh, I don't know about all like, that. Like, you'd have, like, I was five and be like, oh, yeah, I know I'm eight, but I got my ears pierced. Oh, and I would even sometimes put one on my nose because I'd be like, I've pierced my nose, you know, reinventing myself. Yes. <laughs> oh, yeah. Furbies. Oh, yes. We did not talk yeah, about Yeah, we Furbies. should have talked about that because we talked about toys, too. I'm so intrigued on why that was a trend. And that was another one of those. 
those things where like, I feel like we were all afraid of them, but we yeah. still had them. I don't know if you guys had this phenomenon happen where we had this theory where like, I don't think this really happened. Took out the batteries of the Furby and it would still talk. And I don't know if that was like a projection of like a memory of like, that's how scary it felt, but it felt so I do like, remember saying that too with my cousin in the closet. Like we used to have to like remove it from sight sometimes because me and my sister would get freaked out and think it was going to like come to life and like munch oh, with its gosh. beak or something yeah i hated the way the yeah. beak looked and like when you touched it i just hated the way it moved Ugh. they're like a bird mammal mix i don't know what they are like <laughs> I, know. I know i know they are bird like but Ugh. it's like something about them is kind of cute i kind of get it but it's the big eyes and the beak that I yeah think i don't like, like it uh-huh and how they line up and like look at you yeah. i used to see it on a ton of commercials have you seen the the Furbies that people remove all the like skin and the fur and they just have like the mechanism. People do that? Haunted. Yeah, like people have done recently. It was just like, y'all want to see what a furry looks like, like under the covers. So if you want to be scarred for life, Google <laughs> a furless Furby. Because it, it looks like a nightmare. Oh my gosh. Probably worse than you can picture. It's the scariest <laughs> thing I've ever seen. Jonathan Taylor Thomas, I feel like he was like one of the it dudes. Is that home improvement boy? Wait, Google him. Yes, but he was on like several random shows as well. Wait a minute. Wait, I'm looking him up. I remember him on commercials before I would watch the Disney movie because I wasn't old enough to watch some of his movies, but I remember like seeing him and I remember oh. like being like, oh, who's that guy? What? He was in a couple of Disney movies. He was in I'll Be Home for Christmas, the Christmas movie. Oh, that Pinocchio. Pinocchio one I had that. Pinocchio, the yes. adventures of Pinocchio, Man of the House. That's a Disney movie too. He was in Lion King. Who was he in Lion King? Was he young Simba? There's no way. Yes, he was. Crazy. Wow. I remember him from Wild America. That's a 90s movie I love him in. Right. But I just remember like, I feel like he's one of the undersold heroes of the 90s we forget about. I'm pretty sure that I remember him being on like Teen Beat stuff. Like he was <gasps> a definite heartthrob. Yeah, he was definitely like a rip out poster. I think yeah. you're right. He is underappreciated because I forgot he even existed and was huge in the 90s. Like he definitely was in the top three, top three of the 90s. So what thank happened? you, Coley. Justice for Jonathan Taylor Thomas. Yeah. JTT. JTT. We hope you're having a great <laughs> night. <laughs> I love it. That's so good. Another person that Arthur, I feel like, I owe so much to you for bringing this up because I just didn't know. But we got to talk about Lil Bow Wow. Uh, I knew you were going to say that. The dog is really the goat. I watched Like Mike in elementary, obsessed, absolutely love him. Had forgot that he was still in music and did music. And now I'm like listening to all his stuff and loving it. And I am so shocked at what you shared is that he's so young. Isn't that crazy how young he is? And he's done so much. Yes. Until Arthur brought it up, I had completely forgotten about little bow wow <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's cra- yeah that's crazy to me though that he's done so much mm-hmm. at such a young age yes and people forgot about him yeah well i guess it's like jtt yeah we forgot about him too yeah <laughs> yeah but your connection with drake and him everyone should go listen to that. it's so cool like i didn't ever know that they were connected and that was really awesome yeah that was an exciting tidbit you shared yeah that was truly like it excited me when i saw uncultured yeah. info. i was like i feel like i should be paying for this information <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> not little Bow Wow. Because <laughs> he was like the first superstar in rap, yeah. like pop star. And then to flip it back to you, Lindsay, I feel like I know so much more about Lord. I, over the summer, had taken the collected information I know about Jack and Lena and the saga and the PowerPoint. Mm. I took that to dinner with my family, unfolded everything. And what was so funny, the next day I opened my computer and my Google Drive and the PowerPoint was still on there. Like you So you read the PowerPoint? I mean, I couldn't read all of it. That's like a textbook. I got through what I uh, Yeah. I listened to the entire album on a road trip after that. Okay. Oh, and then I, of course, I watched the St. Vincent New York cover. With oh, her and tell me that doesn't just like solidify the whole thing. I know that we are sharing very details that like only us three are tracking and everyone's like, what's happening? But like, this is what Uncultured Misfits does. Oh, we dive deep. We do. <laughs> but this is why everyone needs to listen. Watching that video, I think you explained it perfectly. It felt like a moment that should have been private that we were privy to watch. Mm-hmm. Right. I love me some celebrity gossip and I always <laughs> like to keep it at, because like we don't know people. We don't know what's going on and they're just people who are doing their thing and we just happen to be able to watch it. So it's like, I totally understand that like it might be kind of personal to, for me to be like, and all these people to be like looking at this. But for me, I can share similar feelings to Lord and that situation that she went through and listening to the album, I connected to it so much. So for me, kind of like putting the mystery together made me feel so seen. And the album made me feel like knowing kind of the backstory of that influence on the album, like a situation that she went through with someone. And then to listen to the album again, after knowing that and thinking like connecting all the pieces and she's such an incredible songwriter. The whole album of melodrama is like such, it's like a story from beginning to end. It shook me to my core. That's the only reaction I've ever had to music like that, where it was like, feel this in my soul. And I feel like I see things that she didn't even reveal. Go listen to melodrama. But I think it like takes you loving it so much to share that with us. I mean, I don't know if I would have connected the dots on my own, but I I will never listen to her music the same. I appreciate it more. She's so brave. Yeah. And I knew she was talented and I knew she was brave, but I'm like, you open a door to your heart that we get to sit in. And you can feel it. It's yeah, it's beautiful. She's an amazing artist. I'm just like, Lord is definitely next level. When we did that episode, I remember you calling me and saying, I know what we should talk about next. And then I was like, what? And you said, we should talk about albums and how they make us feel. Right. And I was like, what album are you talking about? And then it was like, yeah. I was genuinely like haunted, haunted when wow. I found out that information, like when it yeah. really connected in my brain, when you like take little bits of like what you see from celebrities and add it to their music, which is like always very personal to them. They always like artists always reveal probably even more than you think at like surface Mm. level, like what these songs are about. I could not talk. I was just like, would you like to hear the word about (laughs) Lord and my theories and this album for like three days? Because it was just like, I couldn't get it out of my brain. It was like, I, it was like, I peered into, this is so dramatic, but I I had, it was like physically, (laughs) it was like a physical, emotional and mental reaction to that information and to how beautiful that album is and how I connected to it personally. And then Mm -hmm. me and Lord's stories just connected together. And it was like listening to it again for the first time, even the first time was like nothing I had experienced. So it was, it was a hauntingly beautiful experience connecting to an album like that. That's why we all should listen to albums, everybody. Start to finish. Start to finish. They're in order for a reason. Mm -hmm. With kind of celebrity gossip, intrigued by kind of celebrity life. Arthur, you 
and I share the love for Vogue 73 questions? Yes. Love them. Have you heard of Open Door with Architectural Digest? Yes. Uh huh. You watch those? Is that the one where they... Hold up, hold up. Is that the one where they go into people's houses? Celebrities show their houses? Yes. If you love 73 questions, you will love Open Door. Oh, I have seen these before. They're very interesting and telling to what is important to someone to put in their house. People love to name drop. And I am here for the name drop of like, you got that lamp from so-and-so when he was right. whatever. You're like, it is very interesting. I've, I've watched got, the I've Kendall Jenner one. I think it's interesting getting to know celebrities on a more personal level than like what they show. So they, I'm going to have to watch those because I can't imagine the stuff they say when you're in their house. They're really good. I appreciate and respect this person. I don't know if it- Robert Downey Jr. No, I'm talking oh. about- Oh, I watched that one, but go ahead. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Have you watched the Cole Sprouse 73 questions? The Vogue one? Uh-huh. I didn't know Cole Sprouse did Yeah, I don't think I... Uh-uh. The interviewer, I forget his name, but you know he's on every one. Right. I think he's met his match. There's a layer of cringe. Oh, no. I'm sure Cole Sprouse is a lovely person. I don't know what kind of atmosphere maybe... You know, you never know. They're human. I'm just saying, like, it was very interesting. I felt like that interviewer, like, almost met his match. At one time, I thought Cole was, like, interviewing <gasps> him. I just... Oh, we got to watch yeah, that. Yeah, we do got to watch I'm gonna that. I'm going to put that on my list. Especially since you're already accustomed to the flow of 73, mm-hmm. you'll feel it. There's something different happening there. Oh, oh no. <laughs> Is this going to make me not like Cole Sprouse? I feel like he might be a little intense. Oh, no. With you guys sharing about the Kardashians and Charlie D'Amelio and all those things. I wanted to submit that in like, it's fascinating to me. But you can't help but wonder, like, what's going on behind the scenes? He's really like that. With you guys talking about the rise of Disney Channel and naming shows like Lizzie McGuire and like all those shows. You guys at one time mentioned like Noah Centiano. How do you say his last name? I always forget. You know, from To All the Boys I've Ever Loved. I think you said it right yeah the really handsome one you know him he's on to all the boys i've loved before oh. jordan fisher oh and, yeah. yes yes yeah. yes yeah, he's on like Sierra Borges is a loser, mm-hmm. like really big on Netflix right now. So one of the shows or you guys have mentioned it on Uncultured Misfit is you've talked about Austin and Allie. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you all know this. Did you know that he is like one of Allie's first crushes on that show? Really? Yes. Look it up. Because I remember watching what? that show in real time and being like, who is that cute guy? And now he's all over Netflix. Yeah. I, I, I kind of know what you're talking about. And I wanted to know if you all knew that. That's I didn't know that. I didn't make that connection at all. Allie will say she doesn't like it when people say library, library, you know? Uh-huh. She likes this guy, but like the character who plays Noah always says library. And she like, oh, she has to get over it. <laughs> but let me tell you something, though, about Austin and Allie, because I am the biggest Ross Lynch fan ever. Oh, I love their music they made from that show. And also yeah. his band. His band. R5. introduced me to his band. Driver Air Era. is real good. Yeah. For a second, I thought he dated Miley Cyrus, but it's not. It's Cody Simpson. It's Cody Simpson. They kind of look alike. Yeah. That is the shock of the century, by the way. I just never expected that connection. Yeah. But that's ha- is that still happening? No, they broke up. Okay. Hey, you want to know a funny story about Cody Simpson? I would love to hear. Yes. Real story. When I saw Justin Bieber for the first time live, Mm -hmm. 
Cody Simpson opened for him. Yeah. And I didn't know who Cody Simpson was. But when we were walking up to the place where Justin Bieber was performing, there were a bunch of girls outside and there was a limo in front. And then a guy just ran through with a bunch of security. And I was like, oh, that probably was Justin Bieber. But it was Cody Simpson. <laughs> That's awesome. Did yeah. you go on the Believe Tour? Like, was that the Believe Tour? Yeah. I saw him live when I went on, saw him in Kansas City on the Believe Tour. So I co- saw Cody Simpson, but I definitely did not have that close interaction. Who else opened? Carly Rae Jepsen. Oh, Jackson, that's amazing. I think she's fabulous, which I have a theory about her. I think she did an interesting tactic that I think a lot of artists do is where they'll come in. They'll have a hit. Once they have their hit, they're out of mm. there and have their private life. Uh-huh. Do you guys think that? I yeah. do too. It's like kind of respect it. When you know that you've made enough money that you can live comfortably the rest of your life and you don't, to me, being a uh-huh. celebrity sounds miserable. Yeah, it truly does. It's like you can never exist as a normal person again. Yes. Pretty much reach a certain level of fame is terrifying to me. Mm-hmm. So I think it's so smart when people are just mm-hmm. like, you know what? I've enough money to live my little thing over here in my neck of the woods. That's all I need to do. I don't need to like do myself here. I love it. <laughs> Ray. Did Ariana Grande open for Justin Bieber on the Believe Tour? Mm-hmm. I love her too. How was it? She was so good. It was like right after Victorious. So oh, wow. Uh-huh. The only like song she had was like that one with Mac Miller. Like, I love the way. Yeah. yeah. But she was so good. My friend Tyler in college, him and I, we went to an Ariana Grande concert and it was the first concert uh-huh. that she had ever done with her as like the headlining act. So it was at a small center outside of Kansas City, the honeymoon tour. It was crazy because that show was so unpolished. Wow. Because it was her first time like ever doing it where she's not opening like this is hers. And there was one moment where she like said to the crowd, she's like, I literally almost like died, like falling back through like one of the things that she was like supposed to come up and rise above the crowd or like not the crowd rise above the stage. And like it was so there were so many moments. I was so thankful to be in that room I felt like she was really just doing her best we were watching her learn is what I'm trying to say yeah yeah well and with the hindsight you have now with her where she's at now that's amazing it's like see her humble beginning yeah I love her too this is my opinion. This may not be the truth, but there was one moment where she was singing and it was at the beginning of the concert and she had on like an oversized jacket, like that looks like a men's jacket was like gray. And she was dating big Sean at the time. (gasps) And I believed that that was his jacket. Like I was, I leaned to my friend Tyler and I'm like, I'm pretty sure that has to be his jacket. She had to want to probably feel comfortable. This was in my mind. I'm like, she probably had to want to feel comfortable to be like my first show. Like that was her little security blanket. And it came off like later in the show but for the beginning part she had on that big jacket <gasps> i think you're right i want to be right so bad because i bet that was her thought process of like oh i want to have a piece of something someone that i love out here tonight yes and her early stuff is so oh, good yeah. too i love her early stuff as well arthur you and i've talked about this before we really appreciate her so oh, i love her yeah <laughs> But I'd end up with Sean. But <laughs> I know. <wasn't> a match. <laughs> exactly. For X marks the spot. Yep, it was. Yes. Uh-huh. Exactly. This has been so much fun. I could do this all day. I have one more pitch for you all. This is my one pitch that I want to see if y'all have it in your heart. And all my friends know this about me. I love teen dramas so much. They are a genre in of themselves. And it was so funny because I was talking with my friend Tiffany and I was like, I was almost afraid to come out and say and be like, no, I think teen dra- genre is my is like my genre. Like, I love it. I I think it started with like happy days when I 
watch like older shows as a kid. And then I like have evolved into like all these different like shows, Riverdale, 13 yeah. Reasons Why, Cruel Summer, Outer Banks, The Wilds, like Friday Night Lights. I love Friday Night Lights. Yeah. Do you all have it in your heart to ever talk about that? Oh, yes. Yes. What are you, some of your favorite shows that you love? When Arthur sent me the list of questions for today, you had put... Yeah. Looking for Alaska on the list. Mm-hmm. I, oh, yeah. Looking for Alaska <laughs> is the like one and only books I bawled my eyes out reading. I'm not a huge crier. I'm, well, I'm not a reader much anymore, but like <laughs> I remember being so affected by that book and the TV show they made on Hulu. I've read that book so many times. I was nervous that they made a TV show. It was so good. The Looking for Alaska TV show on Hulu was so good. And I cried so hard. The hardest I've ever cried at a show in my whole life watching that. That just reminded me of the feeling. I've never read the book, so I'm glad it holds up. It was pretty much like word for word. It was such a good adaptation from the book. And in general, it was just like, I think it was the perfect teen show. I respect you. I love that you love the The teen genre is so good. I think it's because I went to a very untraditional high school. And all my friends know this that I went to a really like rural community and we didn't have football and we, it was very small. And I think there went growing up, I always wanted a larger school experience. And so the only thing I could cling to was what I saw on TV. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I have like such fun memories attached to it. And like Dave by the bell, I used to watch that every day before I would go lifeguard at the pool. So Arthur, what is your favorite teen drama? Out of that list? You said, I will say this 13 reasons why changed my life. I was young when 13 Reasons Why came out, yeah. but I think it was my first time seeing like a show impact the whole world. Right. Yeah. And everybody was talking about it. Like some people were saying it's horrible. Like it shouldn't be on Netflix. Yeah. It's a hot topic. Even talking yeah. about it now. It is. Yeah. That's, and it would be a good, it would be a good one to do a yeah. podcast about. It, I Cause I've got it, thoughts and opinions on 13 Reasons Why. Cause I loved the book growing up. So wait, 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 what are we classifying as a teen drama? Can a sitcom be like a teen drama? Here's the deal. I, need you all to create the rules we should I we think should so too. you know what if fresh prince of bel-air count as a teen drama i think it should definitely be where there has to be a certain number of people under the age of 18 maybe or that they're being like portrayed i think that's got to be a rule i like that yeah y'all some homework well yeah. and that's, that's a good one too yeah this i cannot believe that people are not talking about this but have you guys watched panic on amazon prime what's panic panic is a teen drama it's about these teenagers in a small town which my favorite in a small town yeah love a small town (laughs) can relate there's this game that they have to do daring things and they win like a prize and it goes on all summer long there's a mystery involved That sounds fabulous. You know, every character kind of has a story of why they are the way they are. I love a good kind of origin story. You know, there's some depth to it. Mm -hmm. And I love when they take unlikely people to do incredible things. And so I don't know how people have slept on Panic. I watched it within like a weekend. It was the best. Oh. Yeah, you might be the first one. Yeah, I've never heard of that. Panic Wave. It is absolutely my favorite series probably of this year that I've watched. It is so good. I'm going to have to watch that. Yeah. That's all I have. I've submitted. You guys have been such great listeners. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for letting us yeah. do this. Thanks for your suggestions. I'm yeah. Like, I know that I'm one of many people because I'm sure as they're listening, they're probably like, I have an idea or I have a thought. I mean, you guys are open ears, right? People can just DM we are. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, we're taking taking suggestions, please. Yes. Email us. Email us. Message us. Yes. I don't know how. Call Leave our managers. Yeah. <laughs>
<laughs> yes, absolutely. Along with Nick and Disney, call them, please. Their lines are open. Oh, holla at us. Is there anything that I have not shared that you guys want to say? Anything that I missed? Yeah, this has been amazing. This is like the most proud I've ever felt of us, I feel like, because it's like, it is a team effort on all of us. So proud, yes. We should say shout out to you because... Yeah, that's my only thing. Shout out to Coley. Yeah, we wouldn't be able to do this without you. And you've been killing it too. Before we started recording and we were talking about, we listened to the show <laughs> with like, what's her name? Gabby? The Gabrielle. singer. Gabrielle. Yeah. Grace, yeah. You've just been killing it. And you got some big people on there. You're like the next Oprah. We love it. You're going to get your talk show soon. You guys are too kind. Yeah. Thank you. You have your podcast, which is amazing. It's very, it's successful. You're killing it. Mm-hmm. And then you're also dedicating part of your time to like listen to just like the nonsense that we record and like oh, turn it, it into like when I leave a recording session, sometimes I'm like, I don't know if I said one single like clear thought. Same. And I'm very, very, very harsh on myself. And I, th- I think we all are. Yeah. But every single time I, I get nervous and I listen to the episode, I'm always so shook. I'm shook at how it sounds so good. It sounds so professional. You know, like we're talking, but like once you add the music and the way you edit it and the way you make it flow together and then into the wrap up, like it's just like you do such a good job and you honestly deserve a medal for listening you to do. us. You do. You <laughs> do. Like go on and on. When I watch you, even from being in Orlando, I think because you guys work so hard, you don't quit. And Arthur, you've literally pulled me up many times and I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing. You're like, keep going. It's <laughs> worth it. Feelings are mutual. I feel like it is such a joy and I'm, I'm I love that I get to be friends with y'all. Like it's so much fun. Thank you guys so much for coming on. I really appreciate it. Please come back. Of course. Annual thing, Arthur. You know, we have a standing contract. Of course. Lindsay, I extend that to you now as well. I love it. No, I'm like, this was the coolest thing I've ever done probably. So I love this. All right, friends, go listen to Uncultured Misfits. Thank you guys. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you, Coley. Wow, what a fun conversation with Arthur and Lindsay. Thank you so much for taking a moment to hang out with us this week. And if you would like to connect with Arthur and Lindsay, you can do so through Apple Podcasts, Spotify, by listening to Uncultured Misfits, of course. But you can also connect with them through their social media platforms. Arthur is on Instagram at the Rocker Arthur, And you can find Lindsay at who is Lindsay Cross. This is their fun handles that they share on social media. And I will have all of these links and more in the show notes for you to find on my website, coleybrowning.com. As Arthur and Lindsay mentioned in this conversation, I work alongside them as the audio editor and producer for Uncultured Misfits, along with this show as well. So if you ever interested in audio editing, podcast producing, and are looking for someone to help you get started in podcasting, please feel free to reach out to me. You can find me again through my website, coleybrowning.com, or you can connect with me through social media. My handle is Coley Browning. I would love to help you get started in podcasting, sharing your voice, hearing your story. I believe these things matter. I want to do whatever I can by encouraging you and offering practical support and resources. Also want to say thank you to our forever friend, Gabrielle Grace, for sharing her song, We'll Be Alright With Us, as the theme music for season four of Still With You. Feel free to connect with her on social media. Her handle is Gabrielle Grace Music and through her website, gabriellegracemusic.net. As always, we are just so thankful for her sharing her incredible work with us. Friends, this is the last week of October if you're listening to this conversation in the midst of year. 
2021. I love this month. I'm kind of sad to see it go, but there is still so much more we have set up for you through this season of Still With You. I love that you're here each week. I thank God for you and pray you are encouraged to go out and be bold, be brave, be you, and remember that He is still with you.